You're listening to Ari Snapshots. We chat about the science behind the weeds and decode some of the trickier concepts which crop up. Welcome to RE Snapshots. In this edition of RE Snapshots, we're catching up with Dr. Michelle Owen, who runs our resistance surveys, and we're going to get a bit of an update on some of the results she's got so far. So she does join me now. How are you going, Michelle? Good, thanks, Jess. Thanks for joining us. Now, most people, they'd be familiar with your resistance survey work. We have talked about it in the past, but can you give just a bit of an overview for those who might not be familiar or would need a reminder? Okay. So, um, I'm running the uh, surveys that are um, conducted at random, so we're selecting paddocks without knowing any of the cropping history or background behind the paddock. And then we are collecting um, a number of weed species, so we're targeting ryegrass, radish, wild oat, barley grass and brome and these are surveys are done every five years. And how does this survey compare to the last one that you did in terms of the operation side of it? Okay. So the uh, 2020 survey was conducted in the same way as our previous um, surveys except that generally we look around 500 paddocks but this time we've sampled over 700 and then some of the screening is um, is being done in different places so that all the species from each population are screened in different states and the survey is part of the national herbicide resistance screening. All right, great. So we're going to give, obviously, uh, this is preliminary, so, you know, these are the results you've got so far, but it's going to give a bit of an overview of what you're seeing and some of the trends uh, and compared to previous screening that you've done in the past. So let's focus firstly on barley and bone grass. What are you seeing so far in the populations that you've been screening at the moment? Okay, so firstly for brome and barley grass, we did notice a greater presence in fields. So for both species, more more of the fields were containing both brome and barley grass and we collected a lot more samples than we have previously. Uh, for brome grass, we collected around 200 samples and for barley, 126 samples. The screening so far, we're not seeing large differences for brome. So we have detected some the ACCAs or Group A herbicides to the FOP and DIM. So we have three populations showing resistance to that herbicide and we're not seeing resistance to to the IMIs or others. And for the SU herbicide, so just from preliminary data, we're looking at similar similar number of percentage populations showing resistance to the SU, so we're using Monza but we have seen one glyphosate-resistant brome grass population. So previously we haven't detected any glyphosate resistance in brome. Okay, great. And then um, what about barley grass? What are you seeing there? So for barley grass, we're seeing more SU resistance. So previously we've seen around 5% of fields having resistance to the SU. So we, again, we're screening with Monza. Uh, this time we've seen uh, 13% of fields with SU and we've also seen an increase in the IMI herbicide resistance up to about 5% of fields. We're also detecting a bit of FOP resistance in the barley grass and we've also seen a paraquat resistant population. So we're seeing a little bit more resistance than we had previously for barley grass. Interesting, interesting. And Michelle, you also screen wild radish as well. What are you seeing in the wild radish results so far? So for wild radish, we're seeing maybe a little bit more resistance than the previous surveys. We did collect 
95 samples. Um, this was similar number to our 2010 surveys, but in 2015 we saw a lot less wild radish collected and it wasn't as dominant in the fields. Resistance levels for atrazine is around the same as previously, so around 9-10% of populations. We see a little bit of variation there. We are seeing more resistance to closulfuron or the um, group B herbicides in most fields over 90% have resistance to that, but we've also seen an increase in the level of resistance to the IMI herbicides in wild radish. And was there any other notable or key things that kind of popped up in the data that was sort of surprising or stood out for you, Michelle? Well, we have seen an increase in resistance to 2,4-D. We know previously there is a lot of resistance in in um, radish for 2,4-D, but we did see a dip in that in 2015, but we think primarily it was after the introduction of um, herbicides, something like Velocity, which helped to clean up a lot of radish, particularly in that northern ag region, and we also saw a lot less samples in that northern ag region, which is predominantly where most of the resistant wild radish is located. Okay, that makes sense. So, Michelle, as you explained at the start, you're screening certain populations and it is a national project and so the results will kind of start to filter through. What kind of is the process going forward for, for you and uh, how, you, how you kind of envisage your results coming out? Okay, so for this year we'll be just finalising the results for the three species that we're screening in Western Australia and then we'll be looking at some of the, maybe revisiting some of the populations we're finding resistance, say for glyphosate resistance in Brome and hoping to do some more work with those fields. Michelle, we were talking off mic about, uh, you know, some of the um, shifts in populations of some of these weeds and you were explaining how um, you're finding resistant brome grass uh, in different locations in previous surveys. Can you talk us through what's happening and the trends there? With the brome grass, initially we were just picking up issue resistance in the northern ag region. In 2015, we saw this being spread further south, so into the central and southern ag regions. And again, we're seeing that same trend for SU resistance. It is in populations across the whole state, not just confined to a region. With the glyphosate-resistant brome, we have... We haven't seen it in brome grass before in our surveys, but we do know that there is resistant brome out there. Same as for the ryegrass where it was predominantly in the southern south coastal region. In our last survey, we saw that ryegrass was also spreading into the more central and north regions and the brome grass population came from that sort of central ag region. So glyphosate resistance isn't either confined to a location or particular space. Mm, concerning. <laughs> and uh, obviously there's still quite a lot of work for you to do as well as the other um, researchers in the other parts of the country. And uh, as more data becomes available, we will be doing RE Insight on this work. But for the meantime, is there any other key takeaways you would want people to take away from this data uh, that you'd like to share? I guess, you know, it's good to always test your paddocks because you don't know what's there or you might find something unexpected. There's definitely a 
more of a trend for people to do resistant testing. We've definitely noticed that through work we've been doing in WeedSmart and Ari, obviously, Roberto Busi is uh, conducting the resistance testing through uh, UWA as well now. And there is a bit more of a trend to that. So I think it's really valuable to, yeah, reinforce that message, Michelle. Obviously, you see things in your data that surprise you um, and you've been doing this a long time now. So, yeah, if anyone knows the importance of (laughs) resistance testing, it would be you as you'd see it firsthand that those different trends and, um, yeah, those surprising things that come out of it. Well, I guess, yeah, if we're finding in a random survey, we know that if you do a targeted survey that you'll find a lot more. So, yeah when it's starting to pop up in random surveys, then it's probably a lot more out there than you than we're seeing. For sure. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for giving us an update and we will keep people clued in on when we'll have more information out of Michelle's data. And, yeah, we'll, um, best thing to do is just to keep following us on Twitter and uh, subscribe to Ari Insight and then you will always be kept up to date. But thank you so much, Michelle. Okay, thanks, Jess.